Welcome to the Summerton Church of God Sermon Podcast, a podcast to help you find life, freedom, and purpose in Jesus Christ. As I was praying this week about the direction that the Lord would have me to take, He began to speak to me about prayer. Many of you know that this is a Jewish prayer shawl. And I have a few of these around the house. And as I was praying, my attention, I believe by the Holy Spirit, that my attention was drawn to this prayer shawl. Because I believe that there are some things that you and I need to be aware of today. That this prayer shawl is and was more to the Jewish people than just a garment that they would wear around their neck. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us, and guys, you may have to help me there a little bit, but the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, Jesus said that when you pray, and that's the title of my message today, when you pray, but Jesus said when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut the door pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly now just prior to this passage of scripture the Lord had rebuked the Pharisees because they prayed to be seen and Jesus said to them that when you pray or when he says to us that when you pray that rather than making a public display of it, not that it's wrong to pray in public. It all depends on what your motive is. It is not wrong to pray in public, but the Pharisees were praying to be seen. The Pharisees were praying just to draw attention to themselves. And, and Jesus said that it should not be like that when you pray. He said that when you pray, go into your room. And I want you to notice, he said, when you pray. Not if you pray. Jesus assumes that prayer will be a consistent part of our lives. And he said that when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. Now that doesn't mean that God is confined to a particular place. That's not what he's saying. We know that God is omnipresent. That God is everywhere all the time. But... He said that each and every one of us should have a place, a, a room, a prayer closet where we can personally experience the presence of the Lord. Now to better understand Matthew chapter 6 verse 6, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 12. And in, in Deuteronomy 22 and 12, God speaks to the nation of Israel and he says to them that you shall make tassels in the four corners of your clothing with which you cover yourself. Now, I know that this prayer shawl that I have has some fringe all the way around, but in the corners, there are these specific tassels. I'll talk to you about what those tassels were and what they represented here in just a moment. But he said that you shall make tassels on the four corners. And that word corner there is 
from a Hebrew word that most of the time in the Old Testament, rather than being translated corner, is translated wings. And I want you to remember that because that's very important. And he said, you shall make tassels on the four corners of the clothing with which you cover yourself. Now, this prayer shawl in Hebrew is called a talith. That's the Hebrew word for it. And it comes from two different Hebrew words. The Hebrew word tall, T-A-L, and the Hebrew word lit, which is L-I-T-H. The word tall means tent, and the word lit means small or little. So this prayer shawl to the nation of Israel was a little tent. That's the way that they saw it. You see, there were over 6 million Jewish people in the nation at that time. And there was no way that all 6 million could all gather under the tent of meeting where God would dwell with them. And, And so God gave them something so that they could all have their own little tent where they could cover themselves because when you take this and you put it over your head, it forms a tent. And they would get under their tent and it was there that they would be in their secret place. That's what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 6 and 6 when he said, go into your room, go into your prayer closet. He was referring to the talith, their little tent. He was referring to their prayer shawl. And they could at any time and at any place take their prayer shawl because they wore these at all times. And they could make their tent of meeting and they could encounter the presence of the Lord. Now that you understand that, maybe you better understand Psalm 91, which is a psalm that a lot of pastors and ministers have been sharing during this time of crises. Because the psalmist said this, he said, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He's talking there about the talith, their little tent, their prayer shawl. And he says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Pestilence means any kind or any sort of disease. And then it says this, that he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge and his truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You see, this prayer cloth was, or this prayer shawl was more than just a garment that they wore. It was their tent of meeting. It was a place where they could secretly get away with God. If you saw someone with their, the talith over their head, you didn't bother them because you knew that they were focusing, that they were eliminating the distractions around them so that they could get away and have an encounter with the Lord. And may I say that through this season that we are in right now, every single one of us need to be making sure that every day we're going into our secret place to encounter the presence of the Lord. 
And I would even recommend that if you don't have one of these, not that there's any magic in these talits, not, not that there is any special power in the cloth itself, but it's what it represents. It's what it symbolizes so that when we pray, and this is why the Jewish people wore it when they prayed, because there were symbolisms in this prayer shawl, in this talit, that helped them to remember some things that were very important when they would pray. For example, look at this passage of scripture in Numbers chapter 15 verses 37 through 40. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel. Tell them to make tassels. Now this tassel here, the Hebrew word for it is zitzit. T-Z-I-T, Z-I-T. And he said that you shall put zitzit, you shall put tassels on the corners, and remember we said that the word corner there most of the time is translated wings and would be appropriate for this as well. Tell them to make tassels on the wings of their garments throughout their generations and to put a blue thread in the tassels of the corners which would remind them of the sovereignty of God. And in verse 39 he said, you shall have the tassel to the zitzit that you may look upon it, look at this, and remember all all the commandments of the Lord and do them. So every time they looked at this zitzit, every time they looked at this tassel, they were to remember the commands of the Lord and obey them. Well, how many commands were there in the Old Testament? We think there were only 10, but no, there were not just 10. There were 613 laws that God had given to the nation of Israel in the Old Testament. You say, well, why is that significant? Because when you take the word zitzit, you remember me telling you a few weeks ago that Hebrew letters have numerical value ascribed to them. So when you take the Hebrew word zitzit and each letter, T-Z-I-T, Z-I-T, and you add up the numerical value of all of those letters, here's what you get. You get the number 600, but it didn't stop there. They were also supposed to make sure, as this one does, that there was five knots in the zitzit. So you take 600 plus 5, now you're at 605. And then they had to make sure that there were 8 strands, as there is with this one, 8 strands. So now when you take 600 plus 5 plus 8, you're at 613. And every time they would see that tassel, every time they would look at the zitzit, they were reminded of the word of God. They were reminded of the commands of God and that they were to obey them. Listen, in this season and every season that we are in, when we pray, we need to remember the commands and the word of God and we need to be obedient to the word of God. We need to be obedient to the commands of God. What are some of the commands that God gives us in the Old Testament? Well, there are many, but one that he continues to share with us over and over
over and over again is fear not, fear not, fear not. Look at this passage in Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10. Fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Fear not. Isaiah 41 13 for I the Lord your God will hold your right hand saying to you fear not I will help you Isaiah 43 1 and 2 but now thus saith the Lord who created you O Jacob who formed you O Israel fear not for I have redeemed you I have called you by your name you are mine when you pass through the waters I will be with you and through the rivers they will not overflow you when you walk through the fire you will not be burned neither shall the flame scorch or consume you over and over and over fear not Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go look at what the word says in Isaiah chapter 35 verses 4 through 6 say to those with fearful hearts be strong do not fear for your God is coming to destroy your enemies he is coming to save you and when he comes look at this he will open the eyes of the blind he will unplug the ears of the deaf the lame will leap like a deer and those who cannot speak all of a the sudden they'll begin to sing for joy look at Deuteronomy 31 and 6 be strong and courageous do not be afraid. Listen to the word of the Lord this morning. Do not panic for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you and every time they would get under their tent of meeting and they would see those tassels, those zitzits that reminded them of the commands of the Lord, the word of the Lord and that they should be obedient to them and the same should be with you and I that when we go to God in prayer we need to be reminded of the commands of God to fear not. We need to be reminded of the commands of God don't panic Paul said it like this in 2nd Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind somebody say amen to the word of God this morning so what are we going to do we're going to be obedient to the command of God I mean either we trust him or we don't and I refuse to live in fear and I refuse to live in panic. And let me tell you why. Because that zitzit didn't just remind them of the word of God. It also was a symbol of authority. And it was a symbol of status. Maybe you remember in 1 Samuel chapter 15. When the king, Saul, the first king over the nation of Israel, Saul was commanded by Samuel the prophet that because the Amalekites had waylaid the nation of Israel when they were coming out of Egypt, when he attacked them when they were tired and weary, God said that 
He would destroy the Amalekites. And so Samuel goes to Saul and tells him that that you're to take an army and you're to destroy the Amalekites. and, And you're not to leave a living thing. Not a person, no cattle, no livestock. But what did Saul do? He was partially obedient. But partial obedience in the eyes of God is disobedience. You've got to do everything God tells you to do the way God tells you to do it. And so Saul spared the life of King Agag, the king over the Amalekites. And then he took some of the best of the livestock and the cattle. And then when he was confronted by Samuel as to why he let them live, he said, well, we chose some of the best of the livestock because we want to take the best and offer it as a sacrifice to God because God deserves the best. And that's when Samuel looked at Saul and said, don't you know that obedience is better than sacrifice and that you should have obeyed God in this? And he also allowed Agag to live. And so Samuel finished what Saul wouldn't. And he took a sword and hacked Agag into pieces. But as Samuel was leaving the presence of Saul that day, Saul reached out and grabbed hold of Samuel's garment. He grabbed hold of one of his tassels and ripped it off of Samuel's garment. And Samuel turned around and looked at Saul and he said, just as you have ripped that zitzit, that tassel from my garment, God is going to rip the kingdom of Israel away from you. And exactly the way that Samuel prophesied it would happen, it happened. And when you go now to 1 Samuel chapter 24, David is on the run. David is hiding from Saul because David has been anointed to be the new king over Israel. And Saul is jealous. And Saul has threatened to kill David. And so David is having to hide out in a cave. And the Bible tells us that while he's hiding out in a cave, that Saul comes into the cave to relieve himself. And that while he is relieving himself, David slides up behind him on his belly and cuts the zitzit off of the corner of his garment. And notice what the scripture says. The men of David said to him, this is the day of which the Lord said to you, behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand that you may do to him as it seems good to you. And David arose and secretly cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Now listen, that was very significant. And Saul understood how significant it was. Because look at what he says just a few verses of scripture down. In verse 20, he said, Now David, I know indeed that you shall surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. You see, that was a symbol of authority. And Saul's authority had been removed from him and now given to David. But not only was it a symbol of authority, it was also a status symbol. That's why Jesus had to deal with the Pharisees. Listen to what he said to the Pharisees in Matthew 23 and 5. He said, they, all their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. Because here's what they believe, that the bigger your tassel, the more important you seemed in society to other people. And since they thought so highly of themselves, they would have these big, huge, long tassels that would flow off of the corner of their garment because they thought they were somebody. 
And Jesus rebuked them for doing that with their tassel. You say, well, pastor, what does this have to do with our prayer life? Well, when you understand that the zit zit represents authority and status, then you will understand what Isaiah saw in Isaiah chapter 61 when he said in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. Why? Because there's nobody that has the authority that Jesus has and there's none greater and there's none higher and there's none more powerful than Jesus. That's why his tzitzit, that's why his tassel fills heaven. It's because he has all authority in heaven and on earth. And you and I, in this season, we need to be reminded that our God is still on the throne. We need to be reminded that Jesus is still in control and that he still has all authority. He still has all power and that still nothing is too hard for him. Somebody give him some praise in the room. But there's something else we need to be reminded of when we pray. Not just the word of God and the authority and power of God, but this talith, this prayer shawl to the Jewish people reminded them that they were in covenant with God. Because you see, this talith, and we talked about it when we were doing the series on the book of Ruth, that this talith was like an engagement ring. That in that culture, and even still today, that when you would propose, you would take your talith, your prayer shawl, and you would put it around the one that you're proposing to, saying this, saying, I want to take you under my wing. I want to protect you. I want to provide for you. That, that, that's what Ruth was referring to in Ruth 3 and 9 when she laid herself at the feet of Boaz and said, I'm your maidservant. Take, take your maidservant under your wing for you are a close relative. She was requesting of Boaz that he propose to her, that he take her under his wing, that, that he enter into a covenant with her to protect her and to provide for her. And that's so significant because of this scripture in Ezekiel chapter 16 verse 8. God said, to the nation of Israel and to all of us this morning that belong to him. He said, when I passed you by again and looked upon you, indeed, your time was the time of love. So I spread, God said, I spread my wing over you and I covered your nakedness. Yes, I swore an oath to you. And notice he said, I entered into a covenant with you and you became mine, says the Lord. Every time you pray, you need to be reminded just as the Jewish nation would when they would see their prayer cloth that you are in covenant with God. Hear me this morning. You are his and he is yours. God has taken you under his wings. Oh, hallelujah. A place where you can find healing. A place where you can find deliverance. A place where you can find salvation. Why? Because God has made a covenant with us through Jesus Christ to protect us and to provide for us. How many of you believe today that you are living under the shadow of the Almighty this morning? Hallelujah. 
But the best is yet to come. Because every time they would put on their prayer shawl and pray, and something that you and I need to be reminded of when we pray, is this prophecy about the Messiah in Malachi 4 and 2, that the Son of Righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. Mm. Remember what you call the corner of the prayer shawl? Wings. And see, when you, when you understand that, then you better understand the encounter that a woman with an issue of blood had with Jesus, the son of righteousness. Because you see, that, that woman who had the issue of blood, she would have read what the prophets had written about the Messiah. And she would have read that when the son of righteousness comes, that when Messiah comes, there will be healing in his wings. And that's why she responded like this. Suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind Jesus and touched the hem, the zit zit, the tassel of his garment. And she said to herself that if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. Now let me remind you, there's no magic in the garment. But here's what she knew. That if Jesus is, if this man is who the prophets say he was, I don't have to touch him. All I got to do is touch the wing of his garment. Because the prophet said that he would arise with healing in his wing. So if I could just reach out and touch the wing of his garment, I shall be made well. After she touched him, Jesus felt that healing virtue had gone from his body. And he said, who touched me? The woman steps out of the crowd, admits that it was her, and Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Notice, he didn't say, Touching the hem of my garment made you well. He said, You put your faith in me. You believed that I was the Messiah. You believe that I was a healer and your faith has made you whole. And so every time now, Jewish people put this prayer shawl on and if you have one, every time you put it on, you need to be remembered and reminded that there's still healing. Not in the garment, but in the one who wore the garment. Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords. That's why in Mark 6, 56, that wherever Jesus went, whether it was villages, cities, country, they would lay the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made well. Here's what that tells us. He didn't just come to save. 
And he didn't just come to deliver. He came to heal. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities and heals all. Everybody say all. Not some. Just like when you ask him to forgive you of your sins, he forgave you all your sins. And the same Jesus who forgave you all your sins, he's already paid the price to heal all your diseases. So I refuse to live in fear. I refuse. Because I know the healer. Well, I hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. We here at Summerton Church of God believe that God is a God who still does miracles. And we're seeing it on a weekly basis. People's lives being transformed by the power of God, being saved, healed, and delivered for the glory of God. And we want you to experience for yourself. So why don't you come and be our guest one Sunday here at Summerton Church of God. I look forward to personally meeting you.